Welcome to the Experience Star Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Woody, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Ibukun Ayemo. Ibukun is a second-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024, and she and I recently connected to talk more about her MBA journey as well as her experience here at Darden. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Ibukun Ayemo. Ibukun, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to talk with you. Um, how's everything going? How are you doing? I'm doing good. Um, just enjoying the start to the new semester. It's like the third week now. Um, enjoyed winter break. That was a great um, break. I was out in Nigeria. Um, hadn't been in over a year and a half. So it was great and great to be back as well. How does it feel to be in your final semester of business school? It is very surreal. That's the word, really. It's you are so excited about, you know, making sure that, yeah, like you're getting all the relationships and all the connections that you probably missed out on in your first year. But you're also kind of mourning the fact that like this is really coming to an end. So it's really a bittersweet feeling, really. Yeah. Yeah, that's something I hear pretty consistently from second year students who come on the podcast around this time of year where your graduation is in view. Yes. Start to feel like, oh, you only have so many more days here with all these mm -hmm. people and a whole list of things you want to do uh, before yeah. you graduate. Yeah, that's exactly how it feels. What's on that list? Do you have a list of things that you hope to accomplish before you graduate? I do. Uh, I do have a bucket list. I have never been to Virginia Beach. I hear it's great. I really want to go there. Um, Alexandria as well. I haven't gone. Um, I guess for me, it's like more travel. Also, the wineries here in Charlottesville. Um, there was a wine workshop last week. I missed that on that. And there's another one coming up in two weeks. But for me, it's like really getting... Um, a bit of different experiences that I didn't really do. Um, learning as well, just getting out, learning different things. Um, I saw a photography workshop recently and I was like, oh, it would be great to like take pictures and learn in Charlottesville, right? And yeah, this is my safe space. And I guess I'm just like, just exploring all that this space has to offer. Well, that's great. Well, let's start by just talking a little bit more about who you are and your background. So tell us more uh, about you. Yeah, so I'm Ibu Kun, um, originally from Lagos, Nigeria. I'm the first of five kids, and so had a very, um, very, very strong background growing up. Always knew that I had to be on pace, on track to doing something well in my life. Um, so my college degree, I studied mass communication at Babcock University. I wanted to always be in media. I grew up looking at CNN, reading the news, wanting to be on TV, telling stories really was something that was really, um, really important to me growing up. And um, so first off, like after my undergrad, after college, I got an opportunity to work at Domino's Pizza. It wasn't a big TV job, but it was definitely something that was aligned to my interest. So it was marketing and um, it was basically interacting with customers and doing digital um, customer um, growth for the company. And so that was in Nigeria. I did that for about two and a half years, going to three years. And um, Burger King was coming to Nigeria and a boss that I'd worked with 
formally um, introduced me to the Burger King team and they asked me if I wanted to interview for the role. And I interviewed, they loved me. They wanted, you know, someone with fresh ideas. Mind you, I was 23 at the time. Um, and I decided, I said, yes, they offered me a role to lead Burger King's um, market entry. And that was like one of the most exciting periods for me because I was moving from just doing digital marketing to doing core marketing strategy now for a global company. So um, um, I would say that a lot of like my communication skills, my wanting to learn more about people research really helped me in that role. Um, but I definitely hit a wall <laughs> in my first year. I began to realize that um, I guess you know, I just started seeing that there was more to my career. At that point, it seemed like I had the world, you know, the world was my oyster. And so I was thinking, yeah, you know, this might, there might be more here. And I wanted to build more in this career. So that's me. I've been in the marketing space for four years, four and a half years, going to five, and mostly the quick service restaurant space. And um, now help. But yeah, that's a little bit about me. All right. So you started your career. At Domino's, how long had Domino's been in Nigeria? Was it still a relatively new entry entrant into the market or more established? Yeah, yeah so they were about five years in Nigeria, I remember. They were five years. They were just getting to that like growth phase. Um, taking a class right now on strategy. So they were no longer new, but then they were definitely, you know, they're emerged and people were really um catching on to the Domino's brand. And so Burger King was just entering the market. What was so that Burger transition was like? Entering. Yes. So Burger King was inter- entering and it was helpful because I, I had the perspective of, you know, what has happened um, in the past for Domino's in that fast food industry. And then I could leverage that for what is then going to happen, you know, going into the future. And how does how do we want to leverage Burger King's um, brand equity in Nigeria? And so it was just, it was really, really helpful to have that past experience and be able to also see past that and, you know, craft great marketing strategies for Burger King to basically take over the industry in Nigeria. So you mentioned being in this role at Burger King kind of helped you realize there was more out there. Is that what led you to think about an MBA? Yes. Yes. So I initially started thinking about a master's in marketing, didn't really know so much about an MBA, honestly. Um, but I did one of the holidays. Um, I did meet a friend of mine um, who was at a different business school. And so I told him about my plans. I was like, look, I've had a fantastic one year, launched a brand. Um, but as we're going to our second year, I'm beginning to feel like there's a lot more I could do. There's a lot more skills that I could get. I needed to build my toolkit, speak the language of business, um, just like arm myself with finance and marketing, um, accounting skills rather. And I felt like there was a gap there that I needed to fill. And so there I was, I was young, 23, um, going on 24 at the time. And I knew, first of all, I had that like general management skill gap. And second of all, I knew that I was now talking more. I was also in meetings with the EMEA team. And so that was a different level was talking to a more global team. So that was the second thing for me. I was like, I need to get on this like global level and be able to speak to these people and also, you know, deliver the right kind of value. And then the third thing for me was I knew that I wanted to build a bigger network and just community. Um, I didn't want to feel capped in my role. I felt like I'd got into a good position, but like my friend told me, he said, look, you're not looking for a master's 
degree right now. You're looking for more and you need to research what an MBA is. So I went on Twitter, which is now called X, and I typed, you know, MBAs, um, MBAs on, on marketing. And the first person who came up was Kim Whitler, shockingly. You know, and she has this CMO, um, you know, she has a blog or she writes for Forbes and she also has podcasts and different events, seminars where she talks about, you know, advising CMOs, basically. And I just knew that that wasn't for me. I wanted to be a CMO, but I was not a CMO at the time. And so I started researching and then I found that she was at the University of Virginia, Darden. And, you know, I just went down a rabbit hole of just exploring Darden like figuring out okay where is darting on the financial times where is darting on this what is darting what kind of classes does darting have their faculty uh, so i immediately decided that yeah i was going to start my MBA. that was the journey for me i mean that's amazing you think of all the things that could have been returned when you type in mba and marketing into twitter and yes. she comes back with kim whitler as the top search well that's amazing what serendipity honestly and just meeting her as well in person was even more surreal for me because, you know, you see things from afar in Nigeria and you're like, well, how am I even going to meet this person? And then it really does happen um, is is really it's a great experience. I don't think I can explain it fully in words. So you, you come across her, you learn a little bit more about her. What really resonated uh, with you about the, about the Darden experience as you were thinking about an MBA program? Yes, Darden experience for me, I mean, I look at it, I look at it in different ways. First of all, there's the academic side to it. Darden's case study method has been, is, you know, something that it has been transformative for me and for so many people. Like, I think that the curriculum is just so intentional. And so finding that out, first of all, I didn't even know what the case study method was initially. Um, that was not how I was taught in my undergrad. So that was something that was new for me. Um, I think the second thing for me was just that global perspective that Darden brought. I found that there were three different pathways for you to explore just having a global career in Darden. So you could do the, you know, the exchange program, you could do the Darden Worldwide course, or you could do the Global Clients Project. And I just knew, okay, yeah, this is this is it for me. Um, even just looking through like the application questions were very different from like every other place. Um, and so I, I was like, yeah, this is this is somewhere where I would like to um, explore more. And then I started researching on LinkedIn, like people who've gone to Darden and then I'd see the hashtag why Darden and then I'll see Seville, Charlottesville. I was like, this is this is seeming to me like a cult. So I listened to a new podcast. It's called The Cult of um, <laughs> and it's basically the cult of different things. So the cult of Amazon, PayPal. And I was like, Seville, what's going on here? And so I go research and I'm seeing so many amazing things about Charlottesville. And I'm like, this is such a beautiful college town. Um, it's a, a great experience. It's close to a metropolitan city, DC. It's so it's accessible. And like the people there are just fantastic. Their network is also so great. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I think this is somewhere I can actually see myself like being for two years. Mind you, I'd 
I've been contemplating, like, I don't know when I will apply. I don't know how. I didn't want to give up my job at the time. But I started speaking to people. And so emailing people on LinkedIn, like, hey, I'd like to talk to you about, you know, Darden and what your experience was like. And it was just how receptive they were of me, like, to my request for a coffee chat. I usually would join, like, the webinars that they do for um, students who want to get admissions. And I just saw like Darden was just very unique in the story, first of all, but also the people, they were so kind. And that really resonated with me as somewhere that was, Darden has always and will always be my first choice. I, you know, I said it um, in my interview, I'll say it anywhere. Like it was just like the path for me finding Darden was very unique. So had you spent much time in the U.S. before you came to business school? So I'd been in the U.S. once. I came in 2018, right after I graduated. I did a work and travel program. It's called the, um, the U.S. Inter-Exchange Program with the J-1 visa. Um, so I'd done that for about four and a half months and then returned back to Nigeria. So I worked with a couple of companies and then came back to Nigeria and then said, hey, I want to be in Nigeria. We have this thing right after college you have to do. It's like a um, youth service where we serve our country for a year. And that was compulsory. And so I came back to Nigeria. All right. So you come to Darden, you're, you're a brand new first year MBA student. Uh, what was that adjustment like for you? It was it was unique, really. I mean, I came in and the first thing was I noticed was it was moving very quickly. And so I think for me, culturally was an adjustment. Although I'd been in the U.S., um, I I don't think that I'd been with so many diverse people at the time. I was I was in Colorado and I thought we were diverse. But then here I was in a class with people from different countries and you know backgrounds that was very exciting for me to hear but also like having to figure out how to navigate relationships rebuilding relationships meaningful relationships was something that I wasn't fully prepared for like I knew I was gonna host all these things like you know oh I would tell people my fun fact or I tell people I like to host game nights but for me, what I felt was like a huge change or adjustment for me was just that cultural change or shift. Um, I felt like I needed to understand and learn every culture's um, way of like doing things, learning things, even speaking, you know, in class or with your learning team, um, building meaningful relationships outside as well in social events. Um, so that really, I think slowly I've truly changed like seeing myself now in the second year in my first year I would think oh no I don't think that they're open to this or I would be you know just cautious and like relating with people because I don't want to step on their toes or it was just like me being very um reserved um that's how we usually are like as Nigerians but then I think just being merged with such amazing cultures and diversity, diverse perspective as well in class, like you can really tell that people truly want to get to know you and you should share that as well. Like the more you give, the more you actually get. And so I started like, you know, opening up, like sharing, attending stuff, um, engaging, wanting people to meet my classmates, also wanting to experience what's important to them as well, um, learn their values, learn what's, you know, meaningful to them. 
So that was like my first adjustment, just the cultural thing, you know? So we have the ISOP as international students. And so Darden was really intentional, really about making sure that that happens so that we can also get, you know, we can feel at home before the real program starts and just find our community in any way that we can. And the second thing was academically, I'd say I knew that Darden was, everyone has talked talk, talk to me about, you know, you have to read your cases, you have to do that. But I think one thing that I've now learned in, in you know, hindsight is just time management. Like Darden will teach you how to manage your time and also have to pick what's important, literally like prioritize what's important. I think in my first like quarter, I was still in between. I wasn't really sure what I was gonna, what I wanted to do like career wise. I was, you know, swinging between consulting, brand management. And then, you know, that also had an impact on my calendar. So definitely, you know, just adjusting to the new, like being back in class, being back in school, managing my calendar and making sure that I'm not overwhelmed um, was my, my second adjustment. Yeah, that's a big part of the process, right? Figuring out how do you do all these things? Because the job stuff starts almost immediately. Um, almost immediately, and, yeah. And then you have school, which, as you know, you don't really ease you in so much. I mean, there's things like uh, the International Student Orientation Program. There's Darden before Darden. But when class starts, class really starts. And you have case discussions and lots of cases to prepare. And, oh, by the way, you're also in a new community. So you're trying to meet all these people. Um, mm -hmm. So just a lot, a lot to do. Yeah. So what section were you? I was in section D, the best section, the dragons. <laughs> if I do say so myself, um, being in section D was a really great experience. Um, our color is blue, for those that don't know. <laughs> so the first thing was, first of all, like getting all the merch that's blue because every Thursday we have to wear blue. So that's the first thing you should never forget as a, as a Darden student, you know, as a prospective student rather, like knowing your colors and just like keeping the, um, the love for your section going strong. I think my section was really great. Everyone was inclusive. Everyone was, um, we all stood our ground on like what was important to us, like right on from setting our um, our goals for the section or what do we want the section to look like. Um, I think also people were just really kind. Um, people would offer their time, you know, for if you want to go for coffee, you know, first coffee. We had like this section stories as well that we'll do. So every Wednesday would stay back, um, be just before or after first coffee or during first coffee rather and we'll tell stories so we rotate that around the class and people can like volunteer to share their stories just to get to know each other more and then you know there's the um every thursday night we go out weekends as well we had a burger club too which was super cool and so everyone's like you know figuring out like where's the best burger spot in Charlottesville. and so we'd all go there and try it out and give our ratings like we actually had a poll <laughs> for the ratings that we kept going even until until second year so um all that to say that even in second year in our classes now we already have that culture if we see more than two three people in section d we have like a section d learning team chat you know on microsoft teams it's just the community is really it's really great to know that like you're safe with your section you can get to know other people but like these people have your back yeah, I've heard about that uh, hamburger tasting 
exploration in Charlottesville activity uh, and on another podcast. And I was like, golly, how many people can go out for a hamburger at one time? It was like 65 yes. people in a section. I guess yeah. maybe 65 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we literally like take over the whole restaurant. Sometimes we have to book ahead of time just because we're coming to try on like burgers or drinks, you know, and it's, it's always a good experience. Yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. Well, um, how did you spend the summer between your first and, and second year? Yeah, so last summer I was at Bayer. Um, over the summer, so I was working in their consumer health practice doing brand management. So um, that was like my first experience doing healthcare, um, but also core brand management. So I'd been in marketing, but this one was kind of different. I was going into more brand management and I was truly excited about the opportunity. It was a great, it was a New Jersey as well. I have to say that. So lots of trips to New York, as you can imagine. Um, I worked with amazing people. Um, one of the VPs, she was also Darden. Um, her name is Sarita Finney. She's amazing. Um, she was a great mentor to me there at Bear and just the whole experience, my projects, um, worked on an exciting project to think about the long-term strategy of a you know children's multivitamins brand. And so just you know, looking at my career trajectory and until the internship, there were so many things that prepared me for that moment. You know, Darden's core, we're just wrapping up core and then doing our fourth quarters, able to take classes that would help me. I took one of the classes I really enjoyed was the idea one, just like learning how to design and think, design thinking, um, creating strategies, brainstorming, researching and uncovering new insights that could literally drive, you know, value for a brand or a company was so essential. I mean, I... I would say that I hit the ball running or the ground running um, in my internship experience. But, you know, one thing that's also humbling is the fact that you, you don't have all the answers and like you can lean on people when you need to and lean on like the network. And just even before my internship, I'd reached out to Kim Whitler. God bless her. <laughs> you know, and I told her, hey, I'm going to this company. Um, I, you know, I, I really want to, you know, do do well. I want to do great work. And, you know, you've been such a huge, like, distant mentor to me. And, you know, what would be, like, the top things you told me to prioritize in my first, you know, 30 days? She, like, sent me loads of emails with articles and, like, resources. And she said, if you ever need, you know, someone to talk to, like, just, I'm an email away, you know? And I went ahead, got the initiative to create a group for um, for marketeers, starting students going into, who were interning in marketing companies. I shared the resources with them. And we just got a whole group chat going, really, for our internship. And that was really helpful. You know, people would, you know, connect on each other um, every time that people had presentations. Be like, hey, guys, I'm presenting next week. Who's presented already? And, like, you know, you see people say, hey, like, I can give you some tips. Here's what to do. Here's what not to do. I mean, that's truly an invaluable opportunity to have that kind of community. I mean, we were all from different sections, but here we were, like, doing our internship, rallying each other up. You know, Kim Whitley, like, just, you know, encouraging us and motivating us. And, um, yeah, it, I mean, truly, truly grateful for that experience. So you come back to Darden, it's your second year, you're taking electives in yes. your second year, obviously that's the experience for full-time MBA students. 
Um, how did yeah. you decide what electives you wanted to take? Was there anything that guided your choices? Obviously, there's a lot to choose from. So, yes, I mean, I would focus on my strengths and the area that I needed to, you know, close gaps on. That was important for me. Um, thankfully. You know the leadership courses as well where I, I think an area for me that i always wanted to um leverage i took the negotiations class right after my internship because i knew hey like in business you have to learn how to negotiate you have to learn how to sell your ideas to people and so i came out from an internship with more curiosity to just learn and so you know uh, what are my core strengths? I would prioritize those classes. What are the classes that I probably have gaps in? Maybe the finance, the accounting classes. And what are the classes that are going to help me long-term in my career to establish great relationships and to also make sure that, you know, like I can deliver whatever it is that it takes to strengthen the relationships within a company or a firm. And it will benefit, you know, it should be, it will be mutually beneficial. I think that's kind of the core of negotiations that I've learned so far it has to be mutually beneficial but you also have to go in with the strategy and that class was just so helpful I went in very scared you know that that's kind of how I used to go into darting classes like oh I don't think I can do this and then the professors I just have one conversation with them one email and they're like hey you know I've got you like hold my hand like anytime you need any help you know I would ask for books, you know, that I can read outside of the class and conversations. And they, they were so, so kind to share as much as they probably could, you know, even, you know, write emails out to give me like a, a referral or like an intro to someone. And so it stopped being a class for me and it started being more of like, this is real life. And this is like, this is something that's part of like my career journey. And so it's not just a classroom where I go to sit. It's, it's actually like something that's building, you know, it's building like who I am. It's building my toolkits and it's a pillar that I would always rest on or rely on. So stop seeing that in as classes or my electives as classes now. It's, it's more of like, okay, what are we like both learning in this class today, professor? Like, how am I going to come back to this in the future? And how is this going to be like materially, you know, unique for me to hold on to for the rest of my career? I want to come back to something you said earlier. You mentioned that the case method had been really transformational uh, for you. And it kind of maybe picks up on some of the things you just shared about engaging with the professors and the academic experience that you've had here. Um, mm -hmm. Why was the case method so transformational for you? So the case method basically is something where you coming with you come in with a decision. You are aware of the problem. That's the first thing. So defining the problem is number one. So that's something that I've always learned. It's like, okay, what is the managerial decision today? That's like the question that, um, you know, Elena, one of our finance professors would say, like, what is the managerial decision today? And immediately your mind goes, okay, based on X factors of things based on three things, based on five things, you know, gives you the ability to structure problems in a very concise way, despite ambiguity, because you, sometimes you don't have all the data. But the case method gives you that framework, I would say, to first of all, understand the problem, structure the problem, and then do your analysis, right? And then the last thing is 
you know, based on whatever factors, put a stake in the ground, make a decision, right? Make an informed decision. Um, if you need to reach out to your team, if you need to do any, you know, research tests, whatever it is, if you need to pressure test the idea basically that you are recommending, right? The case method gives you that framework of knowledge. And I think it's something that even in my internship, you know, I I used a lot. It's like if I was going to have a meeting with the manager, you know, it's, hey, here's a problem. Here's what I've done so far. And here's what I think we should do going forward. Right. It's such a it seems like, you know, we're coming to class to discuss and all of those things. But truly, in the last two years, I've seen myself gain very direct being I, I, I really don't waste time or gloss over like the details of things that are not important, but I'm like, okay, like how is this going to materially change whatever decision that we make? And so I think it's given me a mindset to trust in my intuition, first of all, but also rely on like, okay, what's the data saying and what decision do we need to make and how can we measure this decision or the, you know, the impact of whatever is going to happen? You know, like we would we would always say that no one is no one is coming here right or wrong. You know, we're all coming here to share ideas and those ideas, like we would test them. And then once we test them, like we can then see if they should stay or if they should go. And I think that frees up the that initial anxiety of, yeah, like I'm I'm wrong or I'm right, you know, like it gives us the freedom to be, we can be wrong and we could be right, but here, here's what the data says and here's what would be the right step to take because of this. Yeah, that's so very different than how school yeah. typically works, right? There is a right answer. There is a wrong answer. And not so much in a, in a dark classroom, right? There's, yeah. you know, obviously there's potential decisions you can make and you have to socialize mm -hmm. your idea and see how people yeah. respond to it, how they push back to it. Very much yeah. like, well, being at a meeting at work. Yeah, definitely. Well, I wonder, one of the big parts of the second year experience is mm -hmm. club organization activity, maybe even some leadership opportunities. I'm curious, um, have you been involved with clubs and organizations uh, yes. in the second year? Have you taken on leadership roles? Tell me more about that. Yes, so I currently serve in two um, clubs. The first, I'm the president of the um, One for the World organization or club foundation. We are more than that. Um, what I would say is that we basically have a mission to encourage MBA students to give a percent of their um, future income towards like the one the 1% 1 pledge, basically towards like really, really good um, charities around the world who are solving like really important problems for people in underserved countries. Um, so that's like my first capacity here in my second year. And the second is in the Darden African Business Organization. Um, I'm the executive vice president there and basically just supporting um, the club's mission to help Africans come here, um, settle in well, recruit, um, basically be able to also give back um, to Africa, like also help the people who are trying to come here as well. But also we love to intimate our you know, classmates about here's the African culture, here's what's going on in the African VC network right now. Here are the emerging market opportunities that are going on. So um, that's those are the two main clubs that I currently work for um, or serve with. 
And the clubs that I definitely participate in, because, you know, it's it's one thing to lead a club, but it's another to also be part of a club and contribute and um, learn and glean from, would say the graduate women in business that's, you know, has been, I mean, this year, like it has been amazing the past, um, the last one year. And so that's a club that I've really been a part of and enjoyed being with um, in the last one year, second year. How do you feel like this kind of extracurricular engagement being involved with these clubs and organizations has added to your MBA experience? I think it's it's such a great opportunity to get to learn from your classmates in a different way. It kind of feels like we have our own orgs or divisions. And so you're relating with people. And I was in a meeting a few days ago and we were basically building a project plan. And that project plan was based on a class we just took. I took the class project management with Yao. That was one of my favorite classes so far. And here we were using things that we had learned from our previous quarter, this quarter, just last week. And, you know, we were able to critique each other's, you know, thoughts and um, <laughs> contributions or views on certain things. We we're able to structure the problem you know, we're planning for our Darden African um, Business Week. And everything felt so real. It really felt like we were living out the our Darden experience in real time. We got to learn from each other. Um, we were able to also leverage each other's like um, networks or, you know, contacts. And I think another thing is, when you run into a problem or when you find anything that's new, you're also able to add that value back to, to the school. And, you know, we've seen that we've been able to build great relationships with like the Darden Student Association, but also with like, you know, faculty, with like um, students, with um, just like the overall Darden body. It's been a really good experience for us to take our learnings back and also just like you know add that value to the next set of students that are coming because that because of that um closeness that we've developed in that those clubs i feel like those clubs darden always prides itself over the student leadership and i think that's really what distinguishes darden from a lot of other schools it's like we we truly are running the school right like we're delivering you know we're sharing our thoughts um our our initiatives strategies and the school really does listen to us and you know it's just a great way for you to like you're getting feedback from people but you're also seeing things being implemented so it's it's not I'd say that it's not just a random club thing like most people would, you know, assume that, oh, like people are just taking club positions. It's truly a way for you to make impact within Darden. And I've personally felt that um, conversations lead to so many new things. And like at the end of the day, like when you start looking at what are the wins that you've had in the last one year, they're definitely stuff that I didn't imagine happening. I love I love that. Thank you for for sharing uh, that. It's um, you know we know this as as folks who are at Darden, the extent to which students really direct so much of the activity here mm -hmm. at the school. But prospective students don't necessarily know that, guys. I think sometimes people think, oh, well, somebody else must be running all this stuff. And no, it's student uh, directed, <laughs> yeah. student directed here, and uh, yeah. that's a, one of the great traditions of the University of Virginia. This kind of student mm -hmm. uh, self governance, uh, yeah. and so. I wonder, you know, you got final semester here, you got a few more months left. Yes. Who can, uh, I wonder what you're uh, looking forward to. What, I mean, we talked about your bucket list, but 
anything at school, um, anything you would want to share here? I am looking forward to hosting more friends um, travel. There are two treks I'm currently in a dilemma with, and it's the India trek and the Mexico trek coming up for spring break. And so I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, I really, really, really want to bond with my classmates um, again. So hopefully I come to a decision on one <laughs> before, hopefully before the first week, second week of February ends. But that's definitely something. I'm also looking forward to just connecting more with uh, my faculty. Um, I feel like in the last, in my second year, first year, second year rather, Q1, um, that was when I truly started understanding like how helpful they are, how intentional they are. And, you know, I would love to take them out of coffee dates, you know, visit their houses. I've gotten so many requests and I'm so happy to be wanting to take that on very soon. Um, and then, as I said, Charlottesville as well, you know, I would definitely love to visit more places in Charlottesville. Um, I was at a retreat last week at a cabin in Nellie's Ford. And that was so beautiful. It was like a really big retreat hosted by the Darden Christian Fund um, Fellowship, DCF. And so just opportunities like that. I'm also getting married soon. I'm recently engaged. So I'm looking forward to getting married soon. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how my second year is wrapping up. Yeah. All right. Well, last question for you here. Um, what piece of advice, uh, something you would encourage our prospective student listeners to keep in mind as they go forward on their own MBA journeys? You know, I've been thinking about this in relation to the times that we are in now. Um, I think my my one piece of advice would be to be resilient, but stay in your magic. And I say this because resilience is something that I've learned and I've honed in Darden and I feel like it's a key characteristics of what makes a Darden student a Darden student it's really our competitive advantage and so in you know in thinking about if you're wanting to come here to Darden like start building that and start like you know honing that reinforcing that learning that but also seeing your magic because you're you and you're unique and Darden really wants that. Darden wants you to come here with all that you are professionally, unprofessionally, you know, socially, like outside of the classroom, but also see how, you know, you could add that value. I think a lot of times we, we have so much magic within us, but we don't know how transferable it is, right? So be resilient, but stay in your magic would be my piece of advice um, to anyone looking to come to Darden. Yeah, it's interesting. When we talk with prospective students, they're sometimes worried about those things that make them different than what they imagine uh, to be the traditional MBA candidate. And we always try to remind them, like, that's a real strength for you. The more difference you have, like all these things that make you uniquely you, mm -hmm. those are those are the things that we're very interested in. Because if everybody yeah. with business school was the same, gosh, what kind of case discussions would you have? What kind of extracurricular engagement would you have? No, we want as exactly. much difference as possible here. And so mm -hmm. um, I, I love that. I love that point. So, thank well, thank you. you. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been great uh, catching up with you and thank you um, so much. best of luck as you go forward here in the spring semester. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm also so glad, you know, to be on the podcast, um, listen to the podcast before coming to Darden and have listened to so many others and encourage every other person to share this podcast and listen. Yeah. 
And that was my conversation with Ibukun Ayema, a second year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.